Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Isaiah's vision of Babylon as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 21, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Shall we turn to Isaiah chapter 21? Isaiah begins this particular prophecy and addresses it to Babylon, which was referred to as the desert of the sea. As whirlwinds in the South Pass or in the Negev, we call them sun devils uh, out in Arizona. You've seen those whirlwinds that have been created by uh, the sun out there in the desert, and they, they move along and pick up dust and weeds and trash. As whirlwinds in the south pass, so it cometh from the desert, from an awesome land. A grievous vision is declared unto me. The treacherous dealer dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. Go up, O Elam, besiege, O Media. All of the sighing thereof have I made to cease. Therefore are my loins filled with pain. And he speaks of the response upon himself. So, interestingly enough, 200 years before the event, when at this point in history, Media was just a small tribe, and Persia was known as Elam by its tribal name. Before Babylon has even become the first major world empire, while Assyria was in its period of ascendancy historically, he prophesies the destruction of Babylon by a combination of Media and Persia. Now, there is no way, absolutely no way, that any man in that day could foresee the two little tribal provinces of Media and Persia or Elam becoming a major world power that would destroy the tremendous empire of Babylon. This, of course, is just another one of those what we call internal proofs of inspiration. These fulfilled prophecies or these predictions that are made that are so unlikely at the time that they are made and yet was so completely fulfilled. Now, it is interesting the effect that this particular vision had upon Isaiah. And it was interesting that oftentimes when God would speak to a prophet, that it would seem to have a physical effect upon him, sometimes of just great weakness, just sort of a physically draining experience to to have that kind of a close relationship with God, God speaking to you, showing you things, and, and the effect would just be physically very draining. Daniel speaks of how that after a 
set of visions that the Lord had given to him. How that on his bed, his head was just sort of spinning. And, and how he just felt that he was, my beauty is turned into ugliness. And just the, the presence of God and all, it had a very powerful adverse physical effect upon him. And Isaiah here describes that my loins filled with pain. Pangs have taken hold upon me, the pangs of a woman that travails. I was bowed down at the hearing of it. I was dismayed at the seeing of it. My heart panted, fearfulness affrighted me. The night of my pleasure hath he turned into fear. Uh, and so this is the physical reaction that Isaiah had to seeing this vision of the Medo-Persian Empire conquering the Babylon Empire. It was, he, he bowed over, he was in pain like a woman that was in labor. And his heart panted, he began to have this, of course he describes it, he was filled with fear and uh, it just, it had a very adverse physical effect. Now, it is interesting here that he begins to describe a little bit of the, of the circumstances by which Babylon is to be conquered. Now, he expands this further in the 45th, 44th and 45th chapters of Isaiah. He expands more on the destruction of Babylon, even there naming the conquering king or general, calling him by name 150 years before he's born, telling how that the very method by which the city would be taken, how that the river Euphrates would be diverted and how that they would come in onto the banks of the river and through the levee gates that would be unlocked. And when we get to that 45th chapter, we will again take a little time to show you as you get into the historical record by uh, Xenophon and, and you take a look at uh, the conquering of Babylon by Cyrus, and it is exactly as Isaiah described 150 years before Cyrus was born, naming him, and 200 years before Babylon fell. Gives you details. Now here, he indicates that it is suddenly in the midst of their revelry, the night of pleasure, he had turned into fear. You remember the night that Babylon fell. Belshazzar was having this great feast with all of his lords. Actually, they were celebrating the invincibility of Babylon, though the city was encircled by their enemies. Because the walls were 300 feet high, 80 feet thick, they figured that there was no way anybody could conquer Babylon, and thus it was just sort of a sneer to their enemies who were outside, and they had this great feast. And that while they were drinking, while they were getting pretty drunk, he ordered the vessels that were taken by his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar in the siege of Jerusalem, brought in, and they drank the wine out of the vessels of gold and silver that had been sanctified to the service of God in the temple, and they began to praise the gods of gold and silver. And so he describes here, 
the night of my pleasure, the banqueting and all, he has turned into fear. Prepare the table, the, the big feast that they had, and watch in the watchtower, eat, drink. Arise, ye princes, and anoint your shield, for suddenly in the midst of the banquet, the cry comes. Now, the anointing of the shield was the greasing of the shield so that the, the, the sword would glance off of it. It was harder to pierce through a greased shield. There was more of a tendency of the spear sword to glance off of a greased shield. So that was the idea of the anointing of the shield. But it, suddenly, the cry comes from the watchtower in the midst of the banquet, anoint your shields, for thus hath the Lord said unto me, go set a watchman, let him declare what he sees. And he saw a chariot with a couple of horsemen, a chariot of asses, a chariot of camels, and he hearkened diligently with much heed. And he cried, a lion, my Lord. Now, it is interesting that when Daniel had his vision of the world-governing empires, and he saw them as beast. The lion was representative of Babylon. So he cried, a lion, my Lord. I stand continually upon the watchtower in the daytime. I'm set in my ward whole nights. And behold, here cometh a chariot of men with a couple of horsemen. And he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And all the graven images of her gods he hath broken unto the ground. O oh, my threshing and the corn of my floor, that which I have heard of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have I declared unto you. So Isaiah is declaring, hey, what I heard from God, I've, I've declared unto you. I saw this guy coming and he was crying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Of course, this reminds us over into the book of Revelation when the destruction of spiritual and commercial Babylon takes place. We read of these angels that declare Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great religious system that caused people to commit spiritual fornication, idolatry, and so forth. So this one little aspect, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, has a twofold fulfillment at the fall, at the time of the Medo-Persian invasion, but then also in the future, as it is picked up by the angel in Revelation. In verses 11 and 12, I don't uh, understand the vision that he had. It's concerning Duma, which is Edom. He calleth me out of Seir, Mount Seir, which uh, marked the borders of Edom. Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? And the watchman said, the morning comes and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire, return, come. Now, I frankly don't understand what the watchman was saying. What he was, you know, what did he, what was he indicating? I don't know. So I'll just leave it. Next, we get the burden on Arabia in the forest of Arabia shall ye lodge, O ye traveling companies of Dedanim. Dedan, of course, is one of the tribes. The Dedanim, being plural, would be the peoples of the tribe of Dedan. Now, Saudi Arabia 
was originally made up of two major tribal families, those of Sheba and those of Dedan. So when you move into the book of Ezekiel and you read the prophecies in Ezekiel of the coming invasion of Israel by Russia with her allies, it is important to note that though Iran does come with Russia in the invasion of Israel, Saudi Arabia does not. So evidently, you know, right now, and to me this is very important because one of the major concerns of our government today is the oil supply that comes to the United States from Saudi Arabia. We are dependent upon those oil supplies for our whole industry, economy, and everything else. There is concern, great concern, that Russia may seek to move into Saudi Arabia to take those oil supplies and thus to cut us off from our much-needed oil that we get from Saudi Arabia. Obviously, Russia does not take Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia is not, in fact, they are listed as not being with Russia in Russia's invasion of Israel. And so Israel really doesn't need to worry about an invasion from Saudi Arabia, from the scriptures. In fact, Saudi Arabia is listed with those nations of which the United States is perhaps one because it speaks of the merchants of Tarshish, which are thought to be England, and the young lions thereof. Now, the United States could conceivably be a young lion from England, break off from England, and one of the young lions, Canada, uh, Australia. They say unto Russia, what are you doing invading this little land of Israel? That isn't fair, that isn't right. But Saudi Arabia joins with the objection with the United States and with uh, England and, and the, the break-off nations of England. So as we look at the major decisions that are being made today in the State Department and in our government that are dealing with these very issues and these very nations that have been predicted in the Bible, having a biblical background helps tremendously. <laughs> I am really excited over the number of military officers that are now beginning to look to the Bible as sort of a guideline for these days. Somehow they've gotten hold of, of a lot of my tapes that deal with these subjects of, of the Middle East and so forth. They've been listening to them and, and, and they have been actually using the Word of God as, as sort of a guideline. I was told of this one commander in the Navy who used to just, you know, have no time for God, no time for the Bible. I mean, there's just so much, you know, stuff that he didn't need to get involved with and uh, was very antagonistic, but got hold of a tape and God got hold of his heart. And they said that 
on his desk, there's always an open Bible. And as he's going over the plans and so forth uh, and developing strategies, he's always looking now to the Bible and seeking guidance from the Bible. And this was shared by another military officer who uh, is in a Bible study with him. And there in Hawaii, there's just a big bunch of military officers that get together and study the Word of God now and, and uh, are, are looking to the Bible as a guideline for these days. And that's very wise because surely God has set things out. He said to Amos, I won't do anything unless I tell my prophets in advance. And God has told us in advance of the situations that would be existing today. So if Israel would read the Bible, they'd realize they have no fears of Saudi Arabia. Because Saudi Arabia will take up their part when Russia invades. Russia is the thing that they need to be concerned about, not Saudi Arabia. Iran, yes. Now, Israel, if they would only read the Bible, they would realize that Iran is the one to watch, not Saudi Arabia. That in the end, when the conflict comes, Saudi Arabia will join in the protest, not in the fighting, just in the protest of Russia's invasion of Israel. So the fact that these things are all moving in that direction right now makes, of course, the Bible extremely relevant to our own world in which we live and the, and the current decisions that are being made by the State Department and all of those guys, you know, that deal with world strategy. How much support shall we give to Saudi Arabia? And, um, you know, all of this. And, and, and yet the Bible lays out the whole story of the future. Now, this burden that he has for Dedanim, one of the tribes of Arabia, the inhabitants of the land of Tima, brought water to him that was thirsty. They prevented with their bread him that fled. For they fled from the swords and from the drawn sword and from the bent bow and from the grievousness of war. Now this prophecy of Isaiah had an immediate fulfillment. For thus hath the Lord said unto me, within a year, according to the years of a hireling, and all of the glory of Kedar shall fail. And the residue of the number of archers, the mighty men of the children of Kedar, shall be diminished for the Lord God of Israel has spoken it. Within a year, and within a year, Sargon in 716 B.C. conquered Saudi Arabia. So that prophecy can be checked off as one that was fulfilled. Now, in chapter 22, he turns his attention to Jerusalem which is referred to as the Valley of Vision. And this is the burden of the Valley of Vision. What aileth thee now that you have gone up to your housetops, that you are full of stirs, a tumultuous city, a joyous city? Thy slain men are not slain with the sword, nor dead in battle. All thy rulers are fled together. They are bound by the archers. All that are found in thee are bound together, which have fled from far. Therefore said I, look away from me. I will weep bitterly. Labor not to comfort me because of the spoiling of the daughter of my people. And so he sees them not being slain with a sword. And in seeing their destruction, he weeps. He said, don't try to comfort me. 
because I'm weeping for the spoiling of the daughter of my people. For it is a day of trouble, a day of treading down and of perplexity by the Lord God of hosts in the valley of vision, breaking down the walls and of the crying to the mountains. And Elam bare the quiver with chariots and the men and horsemen and care uncovered the shield. And it shall come to pass that your choicest valleys shall be full of chariots and the horsemen shall set themselves in array at the gate. And he discovered the covering of Judah and thou didst look in that day to the armor of the house of the forest. You have seen also the breaches of the city of David, that they are many, and you've gathered together the waters of the lower pool. And you have numbered the houses of Jerusalem and the houses you have broken down to fortify the wall. Now, he is speaking of the preparations that were going on at that moment in Jerusalem in preparing themselves for the threatened invasion by Assyria which had destroyed the northern kingdom and now Assyria was threatening to come with her armies to destroy Jerusalem. Continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 21 through 22 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless and keep you in His love through the power of His Holy Spirit as you are enriched in your walk with Jesus Christ day by day as He ministers to you His strength, His power. And may you begin to experience more and more in your own life that power of God's love transforming you and changing you and making you into His image by His Spirit, which dwells within you, in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I am Goliath. (laughs) What's going on? Don't be afraid, we have God on our side. My name is David, and I know all about big, scary giants. 
I've defeated lions and bears, and God will help me defeat Goliath, too. It's true, and Pastor Chuck wants to tell you all about the story of David and Goliath in his new book, Just for Kids. So come along on a great adventure and discover how God used David to defeat a big, scary giant, and learn why David believed that God was big enough even to conquer Goliath. And as a gift, each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck actually reading the story of David and Goliath so your kids can read along. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD, or to see a sneak preview of the story of David and Goliath, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.